Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. We are so looking forward to today's topic, which we think is something that completely impacts every person on the planet at some stage of life or another. And this is one of those things where you can be completely surrounded and this still be true for you, or you can be completely isolated and this still be true for you. And that's why we're talking about why loneliness is real though. I know personally, when I became a mom of one, I had a beautiful community that surrounded me. But when I had a became a mom of two, oh my goodness, I started feeling more isolated and more lonely because it just took more effort and energy to get both my kids out the door. And I can remember my early 20s when I felt like I was transitioning from one life of addiction and pain and heartbreak into a new life. And that space in between was so lonely and so isolating. And in some ways, I really did have people all around me. And I can remember times throughout my whole life where I was hiding and pretending and performing. And because of that, even though I had people in my life that loved me and that I loved, I still felt lonely. So I really do feel like there's not a person on the planet who's not touched by this. I even think about people who might be empty nesters or people who are widowed, or maybe you got divorced and your kids are grown and thinking about all the different ways that we can feel so lonely in this life. And it's important for us to talk about this topic, especially as the holidays approach. And we know that kind of the holiday blues start to set in or body memory starts to set in, body trauma is setting in and we're thinking about things from the past, or maybe things don't look like what we hope they look like. And because of that, we wanted to talk about this topic. Absolutely. And I love how you said this touches everyone on the planet. There's most likely been a time in your life that loneliness felt all encompassing and you didn't know how to get out of it. You didn't know how to escape those heavy feelings that you have to fight this battle on your own and you are not capable of moving through it in a way that's worked for you before. I think we can always attempt to get through the hard things the same way we have before. And I think loneliness is so different and I think it can look different Mm -hmm. for every person. So even something that may work for someone else may not always work for us and being able to step back and look at um, how we found ourselves in that place, maybe some lies we're believing about what we're going through and to really reach out and get that help. And I love how you said, Ashley, I had good people in my life. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that you didn't have community. It wasn't that you weren't in a place where you could thrive. You had good conditions to thrive, but loneliness still found you because you were pretending and putting on a mask and it did create this barrier between you and other people. Yeah, it totally did. I I think that we all, you know, we talk about this a lot on here. I feel like we do anyway. We, We all have this kind of obsession with image and ideals. And I think so often that is one of the things that can keep us lonely and isolated because we are concerned about our image. So if we were able to really open up and share with people, I'm really lonely, even though there might not be any reason in the world why you feel lonely, or maybe even there's been some bridges that you personally burned. And because of that, you're feeling very lonely. There are lots of reasons where there'd be shame around this idea of loneliness. And so I think sometimes protecting our image is one reason. And then our hope for the ideal, we're like, well, I really don't have a lot of friends or I don't have a lot of this, or I can't do these things or I can't do that thing. And it kind 
kind of keeps us, the ideal keeps us from dealing in the real. But I really um, believe that when we start acknowledging reality and acknowledging where we are right now and relieving ourselves of feeling shame about that, then we're able to really journey forward towards some healing and towards relationship. And I think holidays are just so tough, right? Like people are moving into cities at an, at an un imaginable rate like and so people don't have aunties anymore and uncles and families and you're not going back for like family dinner for Christmas or Thanksgiving or whatever it might be wherever you celebrate all over the world and I think because of that it can feel even more isolating because we tend to crave what what is familiar around the holiday season even more than we would any other time of the year yeah I think I I struggle with the blues more during the holidays than any other time. You're totally mm-hmm. right. Because this feeling of what's been, what's lost, what I don't have, you're reminded of everything you've lost. You're reminded of everything you still mm-hmm. grown for. And that can induce some loneliness in ways that you don't anticipate, even though it slaps you in the face every year. You know? I think yes. it just it keeps coming. I can remember um a few times where loneliness during the holidays really Felt like they were going to be the end of me. And Mm. the first is I was living abroad and the man of my dreams, Prince Charming, had called it quits. And I really didn't have enough money to fly back to the States. And so I stayed as my roommate went home to visit family. I just stayed in our house. And then on Christmas Eve, I wanted to keep myself busy. And I was going to like a midnight service. But, you know, you got you have a whole day to fill before midnight. And many of my friends in that season of life were college students, and so they all went back to their respective homes. And so I made – you ready for this, Ashley? <laughs> I made, like, 80 pumpkin scones. I didn't make, like, 12. I didn't make 24. I don't even know how many dozen that would be. I mean, literally 80? You did yeah, 80? Yeah, I just That's thought I'm just going to keep baking. Dozen. I'm just going to keep baking Wow! because it filled hours and hours of my day. And I remember crying as I'm doing this of just feeling like, is this my life? Like, what if you feel like you did everything right and you're still lonely? Mm. You question if you're unlovable. You question if something's wrong with you. You question if you misheard God. I think loneliness can trigger a lot of questioning and a lot of doubt. Something that you might have not wrestled with before all of a sudden becomes so real and you wonder, is is down up, is up down, is do I understand the world in the way I should? You know, yeah. you just start to question everything. And so yeah. as I made scones, the whole kitchen is just covered in flour and everything is bright orange from the pumpkin puree. <laughs> I was just thinking like, this can't be my life. Like mm. this can't be my life. I may feel lonely, but I have to, even the fact that I chose to stay home and not go go to a friend's home with them, like that probably wasn't the wisest choice. But in my mind, I was thinking, I don't know if I have the capacity to be with other people right now. Totally. After I'd just been dumped. I just didn't know if I could be cheery over the holidays with right. strangers in another country. So I just thought, you know what? I think I'm going to hunker down now. My personality, that's probably not the wisest choice for how I operate. I need to be with people. And no matter who you are, I think it's helpful to be with people. But because I didn't have a context of people that I knew and loved and felt safe and vulnerable with, it just felt even more alone. Mm -hmm. And later that night, I drove to the midnight Christmas Eve service, this candlelight service. And to this day, it is one of the most holy, sacred moments of my entire life. 
as we are in this tiny little parish church holding paper candles with Mm. a paper plate over them so the drippings (laughs) catch on the paper plate there's maybe 50 60 people nobody i know and i just felt so seen by god and known by god and knowing that i may feel lonely but he's here with me he is not in the shadows anymore he's out out in front he's he can be near in my darkness and bring the light and i just remember thinking even in my loneliest moment when I am baking 80 scones in a foreign country after I got dumped by the man of my dreams and feel so unlovable that God is near. I love that so much. Same in my early 20s, I was living in Los Angeles and pretty new, and I knew I wasn't going to go back home for the holidays, back to North Carolina where I'm born and raised. And I knew the tickets would be really expensive, and I just decided I'm going to stay. Um, and then I thought to myself, I have nowhere to spend Christmas. Like, there's nothing for me to do. I don't I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, mm-hmm. who, who am I going to do this with? Uh, what's this experience going to be like for me? And I had some friends at the time, but I was still kind of on the journey, like a couple years into making some good close friends. So same as you. I was like, do I want to spend this with people that I kind of know or not really? Right. Um, and I decided to go get a few things to decorate my house. I couldn't afford much or my apartment. And so I got like a little three foot Christmas tree that I put lights on and then I bought Love a couple it. of stockings and filled one stocking for me and filled one stocking for my best friend. And I just invited her over and was like, hey, do you want to spend the holidays with me? Um, do you want to come over and spend the night? And then how about on Christmas day, we go find a place to serve. And also if you're listening to those sirens, I know it's real. There's no one chasing you in your car right now there's not a cop behind you so don't worry about it (laughs) that's like the most common comment we get by the way (laughs) I know I know it is welcome to Manhattan party people but I loved that because we spent our Christmas day because both of us would have been lonely and isolated but we decided like you know what we're just gonna do this we'll sleep over together we'll make breakfast the next morning and we'll go serve and that I think made the difference in in my Christmas and I also through the process of serving was able to see that even though my situation felt pretty intense there were lots of changing family dynamics It was kind of my first time without my family. Like there were a lot of reasons why I would have, you know, kind of hunkered down and been very, very sad. But seeing other people who were in situations that were even worse than mine was actually an odd and great comfort to me, you know, to realize like, oh, we can, in our loneliness, in our struggle, we're here together. And that was really helpful for me. I love that you brought that up. And I can see how it would feel counterintuitive to serve when you're feeling lonely. But in my experience, nothing has helped me process my loneliness to a place of wholeness and feeling healthy and like myself again, like serving other people. My gosh, it's the same for me. Seriously, it's been such a catalyst for relationship and healing in my life over and over and over again. Yes. Loving other people and spending yourself on behalf of other people is the most life-giving God-breathed action we could possibly take. I really believe that. And I'm not saying, um, you know, if you are struggling with severe depression and loneliness that, oh, you know, go go put on a parka and go serve right. in the soup kitchen. I'm not, I, I don't want to have that be a reductive statement, but I do believe that when you are lonely and what you know and I know that looks different for all of us that there is something very holy and healing mm-hmm. about serving others in addition to getting help if there is more underlying issues yes what are some of your practices like to avoid loneliness and isolation do you have some yeah and before I share those I I love that we both shared um 
stories from our 20s and stories when we were solo. And we just want to share with you, listener, just as Ashley opened with, we're both married with two kids each, two boys each, four boys between the two of us. And we still encounter loneliness at the holidays. It wasn't just when we were physically alone and single. We still encounter bouts of loneliness now as the holidays are upon us. So just know that, as she said, with two kids – I think nothing can be more isolating. In fact, yes. I got to be honest that from Christmas, from the 26th to like January 3rd, I've never questioned my identity, <laughs> what mm. I'm doing with my life more than that week. You have a whole week of kind of nothingness, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you're on a budget, it's not like you're going to the Alps to ski, right? Like, oh, just, totally. You know what I mean? That's not our life. Like, we're yes. like, okay, all the family stuff and all the holiday stuff is over and you have yeah. all this time. And for us, we have all this time with our children at home. Yes. And you're just kind of like, okay, okay. Like most people are still with family or yeah. then if you aren't in a great family situation, you're reminded that other people have healthy families and you don't and that induces loneliness. Totally. So just or weird... they have free childcare and you don't. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, you, <laughs> you know, know what? There's nothing and this is something – privately listener that Ashley and I often talk about is when we and again we commend you and we wish we had what you had the the constant flow of childcare from your parents or in-laws we just yeah. we just want you to savor that because a lot of people like us do not have access to such magic unicorns so we just say well done yes. good and faithful servant we just hope say you, thank you we hope you somewhat <laughs> exploit that because it's kind of great <laughs> it really is and i love what you're saying about parenting too and i wonder if it shifts as kids get older i don't know yet but i got on the phone with a, a good friend of mine um just a week ago and we just started talking about that because she's like man i just feel so alone in my motherhood and i'm like totally i do too i get it yeah. and part of it is yeah. because we're used to like how we can spend time together in motherhood now if it's all of us together is like some type of event where you can't really connect and there's kids there and so what we were talking about is how much um you can be missing in the daily life and so that's why i think you know if you're single and you have a high capacity career or you're married and you're running and gunning you know doing all kinds of things but or you're you've got two little kids at home and and life's crazy too. I think that it's good to remember that we have to make room for relationship on a consistent basis in order for us to not feel isolated and lonely. And there is a cost to it, you know, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's just impossible, like to load two kids up and do whatever you need to do. Like that's hard. But at the same time, there is a cost. Um, and so sometimes I think we have to push past like, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, I don't want to do this. Plus, I'm going to chase kids the whole time I'm there and just do it anyway. Like every now yeah. and again, we just have to push past that and do it anyway. Or you're like, I'm tired, it's after work, I don't want to go to this happy hour with my friend my colleagues even though I know it would probably be good for my soul we'll go anyway you know sometimes you just have to push and do it for the sake of relationship (laughs) yep oh I love that what a beautiful addition to last week's episode it really rounds it out in talking specifically about the holidays I love that Ashley go anyway I you know what we're gonna put that on a t-shirt y'all put our faces on it go anyway (laughs) When we are feeling lonely, like motherhood is so much, you know, single life is so much, work is so much. I think there's this weird middle ground for women who work full time from home, like Ashley and I, but we still have kids. Like it's just, I don't know what we're doing to ourselves. We've picked our poison and we're willing to drink it, but it does, it can be really hard to manage because we're not, you know, stay at home moms in the traditional sense that we don't have labor and work outside of the home, you know, the traditional home sense, but we still have all the labor of being at home. Right. And we aren't available all day to hang out, but we still want to connect with people, even though we are at home. You know, it's mm-hmm. just this weird mm-hmm. middle ground. And 
Um, but I love it. Go anyway. Well done, Ashley. Ooh, that's a word. Thank you. Go <laughs> anyway. Okay, so practices that I employ to really combat loneliness. I think first is prayer. I got to go to the Lord. Yeah. I got to search him and ask him to really expose where this is coming from. I wouldn't describe myself as always the most discerning person understanding the roots of my pain and dysfunction. And so really going to prayer and talking to people that I love and trust has really helped me a lot. I'm very much a verbal processor. And so getting to go to the Lord and talk that out with him and journal that out and pray that out and talking with my spouse and talking with my good friends has been, again, so, so, so helpful to get to realizing, am I choosing to withhold vulnerability because I fear that I will be discarded? Do I refuse to share what I'm going through because I feel it's just same old, same old, you know, on repeat Tiffany's struggle and I don't want to burden somebody with that. I don't want to mm. ask them to carry that. Like why have I am all of a sudden feeling lonely? Is it um is it the load I'm carrying that I feel like nobody understands? I think the biggest thing that loneliness tells us is nobody understands what you're going through. And even so though true. somebody may not be able to understand doesn't mean they can't carry it. They can still carry it with you even though they don't understand. And I think that yeah. when we can realize that like you know, just an example for Ashley and I, I've got an adopted child, a biological mm -hmm. child. She has two biological children. She has different family of origin issues and I have different, but that doesn't mean mm -hmm. she can't carry my junk with me. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I can't carry her junk with her and the things she's gone through. So we just have to be willing to admit to ourselves that although somebody may not know the weight, the heaviness, the nuance of what I'm going through, it doesn't mean they aren't capable of walking this out with me. Yeah, we must yeah, allow people really to care that. for us. Yes, in our desire to feel like we've got it together, we must allow people to care for us, even when we feel uncomfortable, even when we feel like, oh, I don't want you to have to do that, or that's just not how I roll, or I just don't operate in the sense of vulnerability, or I don't want to share this with you, whatever the case may be. Um, we have to let people carry our load with us. And that obviously goes back to many episodes where we've talked about what does it look like to find those safe people? What does it look like to build those relationships? I feel like we've covered that and we'll certainly cover it in the future, but mm -hmm. being willing to let yourself be cared for is so important. Right. That's a really beautiful point because it can feel like when you're lonely to just somehow muscle through it or somehow just put mm -hmm. your head underneath the covers and not come out and, you know, just, just stay there until it's over. And part of um, removing loneliness in our lives is muscling up just the tiny ounce of courage that we need to be able to connect to another person. So I think you're right. It just takes such great courage and it can feel like a mountain. It really, really can. Yeah. And so we acknowledge that and know it to be true. And same yours is prayer. Mine is worship. Like I make mm. sure to spend time in worship at least once a day, because it's just one of those things that I have to do for my mental health and survival. And I feel like what worship does as someone who is so internal, I'm an internal processor. I'm, I'm quite internal about nearly everything. It takes me a minute to really share what I'm going through or where I'm at just because I'm processing it. I'm trying to right. create a roadmap for what's happening on the, on the inside of me or the world around me. And so worship opens me up 
And so when I feel like I've had that connection with God and I've acknowledged that he's bigger, that he's sovereign, that he's in control, then I feel more free to go before people and say, man, this area of my life is a little out of control or I am feeling this way about that. And what do you think? Can I get your thoughts? And also, can you help me? And I think that that courage to say, can you help me? Or like, I need some help over here. I need prayer over there. I think it takes courage, but it is so worth it and we need it. And I would say too, you know, Tiffany already referenced this, but I think therapy is a beautiful practice to begin, you know, during the holiday season. Um, Even if it's just for, you know, six weeks from Thanksgiving to the end of the year, you know, I think therapy is really powerful and helpful. um, Even if it's just once a month throughout the holiday season to be able to know that you have a safe place to go share thoughts, I think is a really big deal. Um, And then another rhythm and a practice I think is good for us is to write down um, some dreams that you might have or write down and reflect about the year. I know for me at the end, that's a very helpful practice and I do it every year and I just spend time reflecting on the year before. So 2019, what was great about this year? What was challenging about this year? What felt blah about the year? And for me, um, my mentor Dawn always says this, but when you start writing stuff down, you actually realize how much more you did than you thought you did because sometimes we can let our minds take over. Well, we haven't done enough and this year's closing yeah. and this, that, and the other thing. And you don't even realize all the incredible things you've done, the people that you've connected to, the difference that you've made until you actually start to list it out. And so that's become like a really important rhythm in my life um, is to reflect and not just in my brain because I'm actually good at that, <laughs> but to mm-hmm. put it on paper and really like yeah. spend time reflecting. Oh, I love that, Ashley. That is so, so good. Listener, we love you. We love you. We, we, Ashley and I think about you all the time, constantly throwing back ideas of how we can encourage you, challenge you, open your world, yeah. um, be honest with our world. And again, we thank you so much for tuning in. Ashley, got any last words? I don't. We hope you guys have a great start to your holiday season. And we're, our thoughts are with you. We're praying for you and hoping that this will be a season of connection for you. Yes, yes, yes. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit tiffanybloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit ashabercrombie.org. See you next week.